If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and the Jared Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Hey, welcome in on a Wednesday. Another busy one around the NFL, of course. How about Yannick Ngakwe coming back to the AFC South and not to the Jacksonville Jaguars? Why can't Yann stay on a team? Very interesting. Has the defensive end pass rushing market really gone down over the last few years? A conversation we had around Yannick Ngakwe a couple of years back, and maybe the latest signing indicates that could be uh, the case around the NFL. Meanwhile, are your brackets ready? You better get them ready. ESPN690.com, million-dollar perfect bracket. Go fill it out. It's easy to do. It's free. You can't win if you don't play ESPN690.com. Brent Martineau out here on the west coast of Florida, southwest coast of Florida, looking at the Gulf of Mexico right now, guys. Uh, you don't have a picture of it, but I do. Action Sports Shack Studios filled with Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz. What's happening on a Wednesday? Nothing too much. Just kind of keeping close tabs on, you know, free agency, what's been going on. Nothing, you know, crazy today, but still some entertainment stuff. Still some stuff we can talk about. Absolutely, like Darius Williams. I love yeah, it because yeah. he's a local guy. Uh, is that a good signing for the Jags? Is he going to be their nickel corner now with, with Shaq and uh, Tyson Campbell on the outside? Is that what you envision? I mean, it, it seems that Shaq obviously is, a, is an outside player. Um, Tyson Campbell seems better playing on the outside. You know, with Williams, I mean, I think that's going to be kind of the fail-safe to put him in the nickel slot. But you're going to see some kind of combination. You know, I mean, uh, I think it all depends what it looks like through OTAs, through training camp. But the way that it looks on paper right now, that's what I would predict, yes. And now you look at what they've done, and they've made that usually a position of need, and I'm not so sure that is going into the draft. I think we still talked about a couple days ago, depth behind those guys is probably still needed in the later rounds. But now you've got three solid players at the cornerback position. You just add the linebacker. You add a defensive tackle. We think they're going to add Aiden Hutchinson or Kayvon Thibodeau in the draft. You have Josh Allen. Telling you what, man, the defense has gotten pretty good overnight or at least a lot better than it was on paper, I think. How about you? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, this is, I mean, assuming you'd probably be in a lot of nickel unless you're playing the Tennessee Titans, this is going to be an, another starter coming to the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, you know, if you look at how this free agency has played out so far, you have a lot of players that are going to start. I mean, I think the only one that's up for debate right now could be Zay Jones, depending what happens on in the draft. But he'll have some impact on this team regardless but everybody else, it's pretty much a guarantee. You're, you're looking at full-fledged starters here that you've gotten in free agency so far. What do you now look at this Mike Caldwell defense? First of all, he got probably some of the players that he wanted. He wanted to retool this thing. They spent a lot of money on the defensive side of the football uh, here in free agency. What does it tell you about the defense uh, anymore that we didn't know already. I think there was some talk that maybe this defense, if you go back to like the Arizona days, used a three-safety look, but they're not really pursuing safeties, at least in free agency. What do, what do all the moves tell you um, outside of that, what we've talked about, where we think this is headed toward a 3-4 base defense? Does it tell you anything else about the style that uh, Mike Caldwell wants to play on defense? No, the, you know, that, that's, that's basically the most important part is the 3-4 defense because if you're going to try to replicate what you had in Tampa Bay, which, you know, I think going after a linebacker that's, you know, 
supremely talented and very young could indicate, you're you're going to have defenses every single week. You're you're going to run three four. You're going to run uh, a bear sometimes. You're going to run under eye. Like it's just it, there's a lot of things depending on who you're playing that I feel like Caldwell could run. Now I think that the general consensus so far is yeah it's going to be a be a, it's going to be a base three four. But you know how NFL defenses are these days. You know there's always wrinkles. Um, there's always different looks. And I think. Um, you know, it, compare it to like a Joe Cullen defense last year where he kind of changed it up, you know, towards the second part of the season with a lot more zone coverage. I think you're going to see a lot of just different kind of coverages, different kinds of blitzes, because that's kind of Caldwell, his M.O., I believe, if he follows what he learned while he's with New York and while he was with uh, Tampa Bay. Well, and now you look at a couple of corners, by the way, that maybe they can interchange, right? I don't see Shaq Griffin going to play the nickel, but I do think Tyson Campbell has shown the ability, can do that, maybe Darius Williams as well. So to your point, you show some versatility here in some of the matchups that you might be able to get. And, and again, this feels a little bit like the investment in the cornerback position, Austin. It kind of reminds me of what the Dolphins did a couple years back. Remember, we got Byron Jones. They got the kid out of Auburn uh, in the draft, and uh, they obviously paid – um, Howard down there as well. So, I mean, it's quite an investment in the secondary. Yeah, I mean, that's just the way the NFL is going. You know, this is a pass-first league now, and you have to have the, the cornerbacks that are ready because the, the slot receiver is such a big crucial part now of a lot of NFL teams. You know, guys like Cooper Cup, guys like Tyree Kill, guys like Hunter Renfro, um, they're really kind of putting the slot as a... Um, as a very looked-at position, if you will. So um, when that's the case, and that's the way the, the, the game's going, if you're on defense, you have to adapt to that. So, yeah, you, you have to have that bona fide cornerback that, that can follow that one receiver. That hasn't changed. You have to have a good two-cornerback. But now, maybe more importantly than ever, you have to have a good slot guy, a nickel guy as well, just because that's where NFL offenses are. All right, let's talk about a different position on defense, pass rushers. Chandler Jones was probably the hottest name out there, just got scooped up by the Raiders, and then the Raiders, in a, in, a, in a move that seemed like happened at the same time, sent former Jags player Yannick Ngakwe over to the Indianapolis Colts. He's back in the AFC South. We'll get to Yann in just a moment. But the Chandler Jones deal, three years, $51 million. So that works out to what, uh, 17 a year? Mm -hmm. The market for – that's a high end of the market right now for pass rushers. This is something we talked about a couple years ago, Austin. The pass rush market kind of hit a peak, didn't it? And, and really hasn't gone above it. We're seeing every other salary really go past what it's been or, or what it is. Not the case. Going all the way back to the Yon deal and since then that we're seeing these guys get paid, you know, crazy, crazy money. Or is it just the age of Chandler Jones? Now, you do have your exceptions. The Joey Bosa's who are young and that they invest in. And those deals are, are pretty um, pretty massive. Even you look at Max Crosby's deal, I think it was, what was it, four years? Uh, $98 million. So if you start just doing the average of that, that starts going toward the $25 million mark. Yeah. But are you surprised like a guy like Chandler Jones didn't get more? Or is it just because of his age and what he might have left that his market was only $17 million? No, I mean, I think that's about right for Chandler Jones. Um, you know, whether it's the injuries, whether it's his age. Yeah, you know, I, I think like, you know, for instance, I think once T.J. Watt becomes a free agent, if he ever does, that the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, somehow let him go, then I think you have a guy that's going to reset the market again. But, like, I think in terms of Chandler Jones, realistically, I can probably name eight to ten pass rushers that probably had a better year last year than Chandler Jones did. Yeah, fair enough. 
Um, and again, I think, what is he, 33? Yeah. I think he's 33 years old. So, um, listen, he's a guy, I guess he's the only one that I thought this would be kind of cool to see him in Jacksonville. But you also understand the age that he is at. Is he kind of more, hey, let's go win now mode? Um, are the Jags even interested in a guy of that age? I could see why they wouldn't be, especially now with the number one overall pick and the way this is shaping up to be a pass rusher. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess a one guy out there in all this, which has been a very fun, free agency period for the Jacksonville Jaguars and one that's hard to criticize. They filled a lot of holes. They spent a lot of money. They're trying to take some big swings, and I think fans appreciate that. I think everybody appreciates that. I would just say the one guy that floated out there at least would interest me would be Chandler Jones, but I just think it's another sign that the Jacksonville Jaguars one, want to stay young, but two, they're picking a pass rusher with that number one overall pick. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's been anything but obvious. I feel like once they franchise take Cam Robinson, you know, um, it's more likely going to be Hutchinson I, I would be very shocked if they tr- choose Thibodeau over him just because it seems like right now Hutchinson's more of the sure thing and Thibodeau's more of the boom or bust type of player. You know, anytime, and I'm not saying this is the right thing, but it seems to be maybe a little bit of consensus with Thibodeau. When you question how much he loves the game and the effort that he puts out, you know, it's one thing if you're picking in the middle rounds to second rounds where that guy's getting questioned. If you're the number one overall pick, I think that can be a turnoff to some teams because obviously number one overall pick means something. So, yeah, I think it's going to be Hutchinson from that. And, you know, I, I understand that the, the price tag of pass rushers has gone down a little bit, but it doesn't mean that there's not a premium for them right now. Because if you look at the, what the AFC West has turned out to be now with the Raiders, you know, letting Yannick Ngakwe go in favor of Chandler Jones, which I agree. Like, I think Yannick Ngakwe still a great player, but he's not Chandler Jones if Chandler Jones is healthy. So now you have the AFC West who has, you know, top to bottom, the best quarterbacks in any division. And now you talk about teams that are trying to, you know, front load their defensive line, whether it's the Chargers bringing in Khalil Mack, whether it's, you know, the Broncos going after Randy Gregory, um, whether it's the Raiders now getting a guy like Chandler Jones. I mean, these teams aren't just satisfied with one pass rusher. You get to have bookends on both sides to try to counter back, counteract these top-playing quarterbacks like a Justin Herbert, like a Patrick Mahomes, even like a Derek Carr, and obviously now Russell Wilson being in Denver. Yeah, I t- you can see the chess pieces, right, especially in that division. I think you're absolutely right about that, some of the moves that have been made and then the counter moves uh, that have been made. Let's talk about Yannick Ngakwe a little bit. Jacksonville, Minnesota. Uh, where else did he end up? Where do you go, Baltimore? Baltimore. Yeah, Baltimore. Yep. The Raiders, the Colts. This is a third-round pick. That really performed nicely in his first few years. I thought he might be a centerpiece of the whole thing in Jacksonville before it blew up. Why is he on five teams in, like, his first five years in the NFL? I just think he's a victim of circumstance right now, unfortunately. I mean, not to say he did that bad um, in Las Vegas. I mean, heck, I believe he was a captain, wasn't he? Uh, I don't know if he was a captain. I'm not (laughs) sure. But um, I think he had a pretty nice year. Yeah, I, I'm pretty he sure might have been he was, a captain. Man. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was, he was rocking the seat. So th- that means something right there. You know, I mean, that shows what the Raiders thought of him. That showed what his peers thought about him. So to me, that's telling right there. So I think it was him and Crosby actually were both captains last year. In another case, I mean, it's, not the, it's not the end-all, be-all. But I'm just saying it meant something that he was rocking that seat in Las Vegas. Unfortunately, you have a team now that just, you know, upped Max Crosby, which Max Crosby definitely deserved. And you have a team that's in a division, like I just said, that has some of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And not to say Yannick Ngakwe wasn't producing, but Chandler Jones is an upgrade. 
and and that's a fact. So I just think, unfortunately, he was a victim of circumstance. And now he goes to to Indianapolis where hopefully he can get – well, I say hopefully he can find a home. That means he's playing the Jaguars twice a year, so hopefully he can lay off Trevor Lawrence a little bit. But now he's going to the Colts where he should ha- probably have a pretty good home there in terms of the guys that he's playing around and what they look like on defense. Well, they're a good defense, right? I mean, they got the Forrest Buckner. They got Darius Leonard. They have pieces at every level. And then you're playing now in Gus Bradley's scheme where obviously Jan fits. So uh, Gus is the new defensive coordinator uh, for the Indianapolis Colts. So there's, there's reason for Jan to like that. He did well here in Jacksonville in that scheme. I just It's really wild to me that here he is at 26 years old. He's been in the league since 2016. He's been very productive as a player and five teams. Uh, already, it's um, I, I, somebody just asked me is like, is he a bad locker room guy? Is is that one of the reasons? I don't think that's the case. Like, I don't think this is him like wearing out his welcome. I don't think there's any evidence to that. I just I agree with you to a degree. I think it's circumstantial. I also think if we're being really honest about it, I'm not sure he's ever taken the next step to solidify him as a piece you don't want to move. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's. If you look at the numbers, yeah, I agree with that. Like, he's never – he's been consistent for the most part. But, like, he's never had that season where it was like, well, dang, you know, like this guy is going to be a perennial all-pro. Like, he, he hasn't had that season quite yet. Now, if you look at last year, I mean, the guy had 10 sacks, right? Yeah, he, yeah. If you had that in Jacksonville, you, you'd kill for that right now. Yeah. So, it's not to say that he's not a great player because I, I still think, you know – and he's still young. Like, we got to keep in mind, he's, he's only 20 – He's only 26 years old, so um, there still is some room to grow there. But I just think, once again, being a product of circumstance where, yeah, you're a good player, but right now I think Chandler Jones is better. And I think the Raiders thought that as well, and they went after their guy. Like there's, It doesn't matter how good you are in the NFL. If there's room and they can swing it to upgrade your position, they're going to do that. And that's what happened with Yannick Ngakwa. Yeah, and they're kind of a feel like a little bit like, hey, let's go get this thing now mode instead of keeping a, you know, this long-term extension for a guy like Jan that you could have for the next five or six years. I'll tell you, the numbers are really good on Jan now. They're 55 and a half sacks in 95 games during the course of his career so far. <laughs> that's, that's pretty darn good. Uh, his, his production has been excellent. He's got a couple picks in his career. Uh, he has uh, forced some fumbles as well. I think he's got three of those. But, uh, you know, he he is a he's a little bit light against the run. Everybody knows that. But as a defensive end position, you're graded on sacks usually and pressures. And Jan's really good at that. And um, it's just a, it's I think it's an odd thing to find a player that has produced to his level still have this many teams in such a short time. And this was a potential building block for the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, that now ends up back in the the AFC South and um, uh, playing against the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars two times a year. So that move just happened. Chandler Jones to the Raiders, Yannick Ngakwe, uh, Rocky Sin, I think, is the guy that's on the move, right, in that trade. It's like a player-for-player trade. Correct. Yeah. Um, So, listen, Indianapolis, you look at the AFC South right now, where the Jags, the way they're making all these moves, who else is getting better? I mean, have the Jags gotten better the most 
in the last three days than any other team in the AFC South. Deshaun Watson's about to leave Houston. They've made a yeah. couple of moves. Indianapolis still doesn't have a quarterback right now, even though they're making a couple of moves. Uh, definitely the Jags have increased their value in the AFC South, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, they've, you know, the, it's, it's, it's not ironic that they spent the most money and they probably have gotten, you know, the, the best so far in terms of free agency. I mean, it goes hand in hand, but absolutely. I mean, you talk about a team like we talked about has essentially got six or seven brand new starters for a roster that win, you know, that won three games last year. I, I think it's not even close to in terms of who's won free agency so far. Now, those are just names, right? These, these names have to produce on the field. But the way that it looks on paper right now, yeah, in the AFC South, the Jaguars hands down. Yeah, and, and it, the question is, is it good enough to compete, right? And we have no idea, but is it going to be good enough to compete in this division? Do you think the Jags did anything to counteract what the division looks like? Like, I don't see them, I mean, obviously defensive tackle, uh, you know, linebacker, those are moves against the run. You need them anyway. I mean, everybody wants to stop the run. That, so, I mean, I think you could look at Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor. But I don't know if they, you know, you just talked about the chess pieces of the AFC West. Mm -hmm. Like, they're stacking them up and so, hey, go get a guy like Chandler Jones and, and offset that a little bit and, and protect against that and uh, do some damage, hopefully, against some of those high-powered offenses. I don't see the Jags doing that, reacting, basically, to the rest of the division. I think they're just overall trying to play a little catch-up oh, to bring yeah. them back to relevancy in the division. No, trust me. I mean, if you're coming off of a season where, a couple seasons where you've won very few games, you don't have room to try to react to what's going on in the division. Your only job has to be to try to build a better roster, and that's currently what they're doing right now. And uh, they certainly are, and they look like they've built a better roster. Seven big-time moves now, a lot of money spent for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, by the way, there's a, an informal discussion going on down at Jags headquarters today with Trent Balky and Doug Peterson. Uh, Stuart Weber will be down there for us, uh, for Action Sports Jack, so he'll check in on that uh, coming up a little bit later. And then we do expect sometime this week to hear from some, if not all, of the free agents uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars that they have signed. It's a, um, it's a new team. It's a new look. It's going to be a little bit of a new locker room. Uh, and uh, hopefully the Jaguars made a lot of the right moves by spending a lot of money, and uh, they turned it into a lot more wins than four over the last two years. Let's take a break. Our first one here on a Wednesday. A lot to get to still, including your bracket. What does it look like? Do you have some upsets? What's the final four? We'll do that. We won't go blow by blow by uh, each bracket, but we'll definitely talk about uh, how we think the NCAA tournament will unfold as it really begins on Thursday. You can catch uh, the first four games again tonight on ESPN 690. Casey Kurtz, Brian Middleton, Action Sports Jacks OT in between. So from 6 to 6.30, they'll have you covered. And then right off to college basketball. Let's stay on the NFL. Uh, when we come back, there is a cautionary tale about spending this kind of money in free agency. I'll share you what it is when we come back on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Back at Indy last year, all they needed was a quarterback to play average football, and they were going to be in the playoffs. Carson Wentz was incapable of doing that those past those last two weeks of the regular season. Indy seems to be waiting on two things: what does Deshaun Watson do? Because what is the butterfly effect of that? Yep. And then Teron Armstead, the premier left tackle from the New Orleans Saints, is also waiting on Deshaun Watson, and I think that Indy wants to sign him with all the money that they have for their left tackle. I still think they need to upgrade their wide receiver and tight end position, but it's a very good situation for a quarterback. That is Dan Orlovsky 
He might not have the key to the city yet, guys. He's got the key to our show, though, because we get plenty of Dan Orlowski stuff. Yeah, that we do. Hey, if anybody else was talking, you know, it's pretty much just why's Dan. Why is everybody so quiet these days? I don't know. Not sending a lot of sound down, huh? They're all too busy getting ready for the NCAA tournament. Yeah, it's a lot of basketball sound, so I try to yeah. keep it at least a sport you want to talk about, but we're going to get to the point here where it's just Kendrick Perkins and Kendrick Perkins <laughs> and Kendrick Perkins. Dude's got a personality, man. I appreciate it. He does have personality. Got a big one tonight. Your guy, Jason Tatum, against Steph Curry, right? Who's 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 my guy? Uh, he's your guy. Oh, he ain't my guy. I mean, hey, I'm a fan. Yeah, more he, jerseys, I thought. Oh, no, 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 no. Jason Tatum's not my guy, but, you know, it's one of those things where you got to respect greatness. So I, I do respect him. But, no, that would be a great game tonight <laughs> for sure. Uh, I got, so I've got a cautionary tale about spending the money. I'll get to it in a moment. A more burning question. And this is certainly an overreaction. But in 2016, the Jags' defense was trending in the right direction. 2017, they added some pieces, and big money pieces, as we all know, the Calais Campbells of the world, the A.J. Boyes of the world. And then they actually traded in that season for a guy like Marcel Darius. Could the Jaguars make that kind of jump where their defense goes from... And now keep in mind, the starting off point is different. So I'm not saying it will get to the 2017 point, but the starting off for this defense was not very good. Mm. Last year's defense, very inconsistent. Uh, Casey's going to get us some of the numbers, but like like the, the 2016 defense, even though they weren't very good, wasn't that bad as I remember it, I think even in the rankings. And so what I'm wondering is with the pieces that they're adding and maybe even some more of the draft picks and some of the growth of some of those players coming in their second year, could the Jaguars make a big jump? And one area they could make a huge jump in is turnovers, and that's what happened in 17. They went from a 16 team, probably not getting many turnovers, not as bad as like last year's team for the Jags, but then they really turned the ball over. And so that can really change things, boom, just like that in a hurry. The Jags have been miserable at turnovers the last couple of years, but hopefully they added enough personnel where they can put some pressure on people that will create some of the turnovers. Casey, give us the rankings last year of the Jags defense, if you don't mind. Yeah, so in terms of the league, you had points allowed. They were 28th. Uh, yards allowed 20th, um, passing yards allowed 17th, 7th uh, in touchdowns passing. That's pretty good. Uh, rushing, they were 23rd. Rushing touchdowns, they were 29th. Mm. And uh, points allowed, or I did that already. Uh, average drive points allowed, they were 28th, which is an interesting one. And they were 32nd in being on the football field. So they were on the field more than any other defense in the league. Casey, do you have every team well, brought up there? the offense, yeah. I mean, like, does it, like, I'm not sure, like, what you're looking at. Like, is it kind of, like, ranked in terms of I'm just on their page. defense? Oh, okay. I, I can you. find you some. What do you want to know? Well, what I want to know is what is the correlation between, you know, top five defenses and their offense? Right? Like, I know I think the Buffalo, Bill, the Buffalo Bills had, like, the best defense last year in terms of team defense. Well, their offense is good. You know, I, I think San Fran was up there in team defense. Well, their offense is good. And to answer Brent's question, I mean, can they make a drastic – push forward well they're adding pieces on defense so they are upgrading but also if this offense is even remotely close to being better than they were last year i think that's going to be a big boost in terms of what this defense can do as well well and i think you bring up a great point there austin that's part of it we always just want to look at one part but and this is very like football inside the building this is what they'll tell you but they're not wrong see the other thing that happened in 2000 two things happened in 2017 that made the jags seven games better in the win-loss column but tremendously better on the defensive side of the ball that had them pacing almost in historic proportions for a portion of that season. One was they added talent. Two is 
that talent and that group that was already there, those young players like Jan, like Miles, like uh, uh, what they do? They added Josh that year, right? Would that have been Josh's? No, no, he would have been 18. Um, uh, I said Miles, Jan, and oh, Jalen, sorry. Uh, that was already there. And then the other additions, they turned the heck out of the football. I mean, they turned everybody over. I mean, they made huge plays on defense. I mean, they were scoring points on defense like every week. And then the third thing that happened is that offense, which people sleep on this, was a top 10 offense in the NFL. Mm -hmm. They were a number six ranked offense in the National Football League that year. And if you say that to people, people like, Brent, I don't think you're right about that. Go look it up. No, they were. They were able to run the ball. I think they were the number one running offense in the NFL that year. And then they were number six overall. So you just nailed it, Austin. These additions on offense will also help. Growth of Trevor Lawrence can also help. Can they control the clock? That last stat, that they were 32nd in the league in terms of time spent on the field. No defense can perform at a high level if that's the case. No, of course. I mean, it, it didn't matter if the Jaguars had the Bills defense last year. Like, you, you, you can only do so much with what you're allowed. You know, I mean, uh, eventually, if you're on the field for, you know, 20 more minutes than the, than the other defenses, it, that's an issue. That's a problem. And, you know, I, I seem to remember a lot of three and outs last year, a lot of drop balls, a lot of dumb penalties um, that cost that Jaguars offense. And, you know, I've, I've been on pretty bad defenses and I've been on pretty decent defenses as well. And, you know, the, the, the constant was is like, I think, what was it, 2011, when we were, I think, number six in team defense uh, with Mel Tucker? We had an offense that, that was okay. You know, I mean, now, we weren't putting up points. You had Blaine Gabbert, but you still had Maurice Jones-Drew pounding the rock and controlling the clock. And that makes a big difference. When you go three and out, three and out, three and out nonstop, that'll wear on a defense regardless of how talented you are. Like, a, a defense can only handle so much. They can only bend so much regardless of the talent before they break. And, and, and a great way to help out your defense and to get them playing at a very high level is have sustained drives and control the clock. Yeah, I agree with you. And so the whole piece, here's the thing. I asked this question in the context of 2017. I'm not trying to tell you that this is going to be a duplication of the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2017. It won't be as good a defense as that. I still don't think they have the kind of players that they had on that defense, uh, and we don't know. I mean, that would be just such a blind take. What I'm saying is the combination of this football team, if they are getting better, if some of these moves are right, if some of these draft picks coming up, you know, all those decisions that we talked about yesterday on the show, if some of those come to fruition, this defense can really take a step. I mean, you can go from 28th in the league to maybe a top 15 team in the league uh, in terms of points given up, and that's a massive step to take. I'm not ready to say this could be a top 10 defense. I don't know that. But to be a top 15 defense with all the moves they made and hopefully just a better product on the other side of the football, I don't really think that, that is that far of a stretch. They were that bad at times last year. <laughs> no, absolutely not. I think for – and we'll see how this draft shakes out. Obviously, you're going to get a big piece, a big component um, at the top overall pick as well. I think if this team isn't, you know, in the top 15, um, it's going to be an underachievement to say the least. Hmm, interesting. All right, I've got a buyer beware on uh, all the money spent. And money spent in free agency, it can be a dangerous thing. We know that. Everybody knows that. It can be sometimes a 50-50 proposition. Jaguars have hit on some free agent uh, acquisitions over the years. They have really swung and missed on some, too. Uh, they've had some decent fortune, though, I will say, if you look at some of the production from the players that they have paid. Uh, in recent years especially, but over even the last decade with some of these miserable results. 
especially more so on the defensive side of the ball, I feel like they've they've come up pretty good. Uh, offensive side hasn't worked as well for them. The New England Patriots spent a boatload of money last year. They gave themselves a chance to be competitive and win. It didn't lead to anything enormous, but it led to a playoff berth with a rookie quarter. And gave themselves a chance. So the money spent by New England appeared to be a pretty good move on their part. But I remember saying and doing this, uh, I don't think I did the study, I think I saw it somewhere else, what you got to be careful of, you can get a big bump in year one when you spend that money. The Jags did it in 17. Patriots did it last year. There are a few other examples. What happens in year two, Austin, is a totally different story sometimes. And I'm really interested to see what happens with the New England Patriots. Year two of Mac Jones, all the money they just spent. How will that take care of itself in year two? Will they follow a trend where the year two of after spending money goes down the hill? Or will they be able to survive and sustain it? And so, listen, right now, who cares about 2023 for the Jags? But the trend sometimes says when you spend money, you're going to get the bump in 22. But beware in 23 because it might not work out so well for you. Yeah, I mean, to, to me, it all comes down to how great are these players that you're, you're bringing over. I think with the New England Patriots, you know, you get Matthew Judon. I mean, that guy for a while was in the running for defensive player of the year. So... I mean, I think that play, that consistency is going to stay with him. So they have one there. John Smith, Hunter Henry. Yeah, you know, John Smith was out a little bit with an injury. I'm sure they probably wanted more from John Smith. Hunter Henry seemed to be the guy catching all the touchdowns. But at the end of the day, you're playing with a rookie quarterback. So one would think if those guys can stay healthy, John Smith and Hunter Henry, well, that's only going to elevate Mac Jones now going to his second year. You know, Nelson Aguilar... To me, is just kind of a name, right? I mean, uh, no respect to the Patriots wide receivers, but that's not what you think of when you think of who the Patriots have. You know, so like Jacoby Myers, Nelson Aguilar, I mean, we'll see from those guys. But if you talk about the high, the top three guys from free agency that, that they're able to get, I mean, I think they're all going to be contributing factors going forward. So if that's the case, then I don't think they're going to have – I mean, yeah, m- maybe you can't sign a guy here, sign a guy there – but they got the guys that are going to elevate the quarterback number one and make them a pretty legitimate defense number two, which is two very important things. I think with the Jaguars right now, there's a little more of a question mark. Can Christian Kirk be the, 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 the top receiver? Can he be that one? Can he be the dependable guy when the game's on the line? We hope so, but we haven't really seen a 1,000-yard season from Christian Kirk yet, so there's a question mark there. You know, I think from Evan Ingram, there's probably a little question mark there as well, right? Because have we really seen the best of Evan Ingram, or is there untapped potential there? He just hasn't really got a shot in New York. So there's a question mark there as well. I think the biggest difference from the Jaguars and their guys compared to the Patriots guys is I think the Patriots had a better idea of exactly what they're going to do um, and exactly what they're capable of. I think in Jacksonville, it's a little more of, yeah, the, the, it looks great on paper, but now can they bring it on the field? Yeah, and I would say, yeah, I think one of these things that, that you could say the Jags tried to do here is they didn't try to go get the Chandler Jones guy or even 17, the Calais Campbell guy, where you didn't know how they would perform down the road a couple of years. These guys, with this kind of investment, they are investing in 25, 26-year-old players that they think that, that can maybe even play the length of the contract. When you do free agent deals, a lot of them is like, okay, let's get two good years at the very least. We can get out from underneath that deal if it doesn't work out. But I think the Jags did this with a little bit of a vision of, okay, 
If we make a mistake, we can get out after two years. Let's hope they give us at least one good year. But we think they might be able to be a part of this thing for the next four or five years, Austin. No, absolutely. And, I mean, youth is one thing for sure. Now, if it's youth and talent, well, then you got something special. So, you know, just kind of repeating myself, I mean, if, if Christian Kirk um, can come in and be a difference maker, well, then, yeah, forget about the money. If he's truly that guy, then it doesn't matter what you paid for him. He's on your team now. I think uh, Aluakon is another guy who is, is on the younger side, uh, you know, put up a lot of tackles last year in the NFL. I mean, if he can parlay that now to more consistent play, like game in, game out, well, then, yeah, you got something there. So, you know, it's I don't want to say it's like boomer bust potential, but there is a risk with all the guys that you're bringing in because, you know, they are young and they haven't played their best football yet. The question is, can Doug Peterson's staff bring the best football out of them? Yeah, and it's almost like, yeah, it feels like an extension of the draft the way the Jags are using this, right? They might not have enough of their homegrown second contract guys, but they just bought a couple of guys that earn second contracts. <laughs> yeah. That's the way free agency sometimes works. But again, I think sometimes it works that way. Other times you do get the Chandler Jones or going back to the Calais Campbells of the world. And those guys are on like third contracts. So the Jags didn't opt to do that this go-round with all their selections. Instead, they're working in that 25 to 27-year range uh, in terms of age. Uh, I thought the Jags might be, you know, that Darius Williams deal was a little bigger than I thought the Jags would still be shopping for right now, Austin. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't. I think they're done. I think they're done. <laughs> yeah. You? Uh, I mean, you know, we talked about it yesterday in the last hour. I mean, if you could add, add like an edge rusher just in terms of depth, I definitely wouldn't be mad at that. I think you can always look at um, edge rushers for depth. I think in terms of running back, um, that could be a viable option. Obviously, you can get a running back in the draft as well. But you know, running backs usually, especially kind of the under-the-radar ones come at a pretty low discount um, if they're veterans. And, and I think Peterson could take a look at them as well just because you have two guys right now, James Robinson and Travis Etienne, who are coming off some pretty major injuries. Yeah, I guess I should clarify a little bit. I, I don't know if they're done in terms of picking up even some core special teams guys or, or depth players. But in terms of these big deals, I mean, again, Darius Williams wasn't the biggest of all deals, but it's a pretty big deal. So... Uh, Jags are very invested now in that cornerback position. I don't see any more of those, but guys like Allen Robinson are still out there. Uh, there are some receivers still out. I think Juju Smith-Schuster still out there. I don't think the Jags are going to make any plays for, for any more receivers um, or really anyone else in, in terms of a big deal. Are you surprised? One thought on that. Are you surprised guys like Juju Smith-Schuster and even especially in Allen Robinson who might have been uh, arguably the best receiver? in the free agent market available? Are you surprised that he hasn't found a home yet? No, not at all, because if the Jaguars have kind of reset the market a little bit, uh, <laughs> I'm sure that's probably some of the of the talks right now is how much money does is Allen Robinson trying to get? How much money is Smith Schuster trying to get? Because, I mean, arguably, Casey, let me ask yeah. you this question, Casey, because right. you, you play fantasy and you're in-depth with it. Who would you rather take, Smith Schuster or Christian Kirk? Uh... I would have to go Christian Kirk okay, because he seemed to get the ball more than Smith-Schuster, and Smith-Schuster was like the third option. So was Christian Kirk, but in that offense, he at least got the yards. Brent, who are you taking, Smith-Schuster or Christian Kirk? I think coming off the last couple of years, I think I would take the, the upside of Kirk. Okay. Yeah, and I'd probably lean towards – I don't – Go ahead. 
Now, I don't think there's a – I'm not sure there's another receiver out there that has lost more stock in the last few years than Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah, I mean, you know, he only played five games last year, so it didn't help him by any means. Um, but, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, there was a while he's doing all the, the Pizza Hut commercials and everything like that. But what is wild is you look at 2020 in his campaign, I mean, statistically, yeah, he didn't get over 1,000 yards, but he had nine touchdowns. The, so statistically, that was his best season in terms of, of scoring. He had 831 yards, 97 receptions, which is nothing to really scoff at. So... I am a little surprised that he hasn't found a home quite yet, but once again, I think it just comes down to dollars right now with the Christian Kirk deal. Yeah, and just to add to what you just said, he was good statistically. What was crazy, Austin, you go back to this time last year, we thought the Jags might be in play for a big deal with Juju Smith-Schuster. No mar- there was no market for him. And so that's why he went back to Pittsburgh, basically. I'm like, I think it was a, yeah, it was just a one-year but didn't, deal. didn't he have like, an we offer, We were surprised though, by that, remember? Didn't he have an offer where he took less money to go back to Pittsburgh? I thought somebody... Offered him or something, he or there was rumblings. Have, but it wasn't a big mark. Even even if he did have one, it wasn't like like we thought he might be one of the coveted guys. If we go all the way back to the what would that be the twenty two thousand twenty season as he's piling up nine touchdowns, right? So you go back maybe like it's early December, and if you start looking ahead, you're like, hey, Juju Smith Schuster's going to be available. Maybe this new regime will take a look at him. Blah 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 blah, and 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 then it became like ah, he's kind of got to go back to Pittsburgh. Yeah. And, and play another year and kind of show me deal. Uh, again, it feels like he's lost a lot of stock. I, I thought the market would play better for Juju Smith-Schuster over these last couple of years. And quite frankly, it doesn't seem like it has, at least not yet. Not yet, but once again, I think it would have been expedited a lot quicker if Christian Kirk didn't get what he got. Because if I'm Smith-Schuster's agents right now, I'm saying my client is one year older in terms of NFL experience, has had over a 1,000-yard season, has far more touchdowns than Christian Kirk, has had far more receptions than Christian Kirk. So if Christian Kirk gets that kind of money, why isn't Mike Klein getting that kind of money? I mean, I think those are the conversations that are taking yeah. place right now because they should. You're, it's, it's your job as an agent to try to get your client as much money as possible. And if you see what Christian Kirk got, you look at J- Smith-Schuster's numbers year in and year out, set aside from last year where he was hurt pretty much the entire season, they aren't the worst numbers out there. Yeah, I I agree, and I, I just listen. It could be very good for Juju Smith-Schuster and especially Allen Robinson, the price tag for Kirk. But uh, it's a slow market right now, while people try to figure that out at least. Uh, hey, by the way, the league year really hasn't even started. So while it feels like why is Allen Robinson still out there, the league year starts in 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's not like it's next Wednesday. No, we're for sure. talking about why hasn't Allen Robinson been signed? So probably a little bit of hyperbole on my part. We'll be back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 here on a Wednesday as we continue to talk about a wild week in the NFL. We've been through his path before, and uh, he's a hard worker. He's just, like I said before, he's an obstacle, right, for everybody here. We're not happy, uh, and he's not happy. but at the same time, injuries happen, and uh, I think uh, as an organization, we did a good job right before uh, December. We got some capable guys that can fill the void, and when he's back, he'll be back. You know, at least it was in his arm, right? And uh, the way he threw the ball the last game against the Astros at home, you know, he's like we have flashbacks of who he is. So uh, there's no doubt in my mind that when he comes back, he's going to be sound, he's going to be good, and he's going to improve. 
that is uh, Red Sox manager. Yep. Alex Cora, not Joey. I almost went with Joey. (laughs) 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 Um, And uh, Chris Sale hurt again. I mean, come on. You know, I will say this. In high, I like Sale. Sale's really hard guy to hit, and he's done a lot of good things in Boston. It was a good signing initially. Casey, you'll remember this. You know when they gave him like $100 million? Yep. That deal, I think it was. Yep. Um, that was a bad move. That was a bad move. <laughs> yeah. like, that, that just has not That has not worked out. I mean, he's been hurt. and uh, I don't like when you're waiting on guys, too. You know, you're always waiting. All right, is this guy going to be who we think he is? Well, I think that's now a constant question with Chris Sale. Like, so it's a rib injury, and who knows when he'll be back. He'll miss some of the start of the season. What's going on in Milwaukee with baseball season as uh, – I'm going to try to steal a, a, a spring training game here this weekend uh, down uh, this way in southwest Florida. Uh, the Brewers doing anything? I feel like they've been quiet. Uh, yeah, I don't think they've made any big splashes quite yet. Um, they definitely need some bats. You know, I mean, the, in, in terms of pitching, still probably one of the best rotations in the league. But as far as their bats are concerned, uh, yeah, I'm a little nervous for that. So hopefully they can add somebody to the lineup. Casey, are you surprised with some of the moves? Uh, by the way, the one bit of news in the MLB today, um, well, it's not the only bit of news, but one with significance around here, is uh, a goodbye post from Freddie Freeman after 15 years uh, with the Atlanta Braves. And some, by the way, say that Freddie will get his number retired in Atlanta. You think that's the case? Yeah, I I, I think he probably will when it's all said and done. Um, he did a lot for them. He was their leader for a long time. He took over for Chipper Jones being the leader of that team, but... Uh, it's going to be a weird thing for Braves fans to accept, but Matt Olson is better. And they paid him a lot of money, which people are going to say they should have paid Freddie Freeman with. Matt Olson's better, and he's younger. And that's going to hurt for Braves fans to figure that out, but they will figure that out at some point. But, uh, yeah, Freddie Freeman will go somewhere. At this point, I have no idea where. It looks like the Red Sox are back in play. But the big names haven't fallen yet with yeah. Correa and Bryant, which is surprising. So I guess we'll see what happens. I didn't even see this. The Brewers signed yeah, Andy McCutcheon yesterday. Yeah, they did. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea. <laughs> I didn't yeah. even. Goes to show you where. You know, uh, that used to be a. Yeah, it used to be a big deal. As McCutcheon seems like he's now almost like this journeyman guy. Yeah. Am I selling him too short? <sighs> yeah, I mean he's not once like he used to be the dude. Um, coming from Philadelphia, yeah, yeah. batting two twenty two, twenty seven homers. Uh, I mean. Yeah, yeah he's, he's definitely going to be part of the rotation. I'm not, I mean, part of their lineup. I'm not mad about it. He he doesn't hit for average anymore. He's strictly a power hitter. Um, but you're right. He was that dude, and he's seen a lot of baseball, so he's going to make them better. Yeah. But, yeah, he he's good for a bop or two every now and again. <laughs> yeah, uh, by the way, great dude, too. I mean, easy guy to root for. So that's like a good guy in their locker room and, and all that stuff. Um, so really the Correa, the slow pace of Correa is kind of the – what we're all waiting on, right? I mean, he's the top guy out there, and there's really no movement yet. This does remind me of a couple of years ago. Remember when all those camp had started and, and a lot of guys weren't even signed yet? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, we're, we're waiting on Correa because then we're waiting on Trevor Story, who you forget about, and we're waiting on Chris Bryant. But, yeah, Correa's got to go first. Sounds like the Astros might be back in play. Um because, like, Freddie Freeman's kind of a one-off in the situation where, like, the Yankees went back to Anthony Rizzo last night. So the first base yeah. market's a little different. Bryant plays all over the field. So you're kind of waiting on Correa to see where story goes and it'll fit Bryant. But I think it'll happen quick once it happens. But, like, what are we doing? Let's go. Get it done. 
Who's who's the if you could take um, let's grab these two guys, right? Freddie Freeman, Chris Bryant, two big names. But you wonder where they are in terms of being like a star and a stud, the, the age of Freeman now. And Bryant's been you know, a little hit or miss at times. What? Who makes your team better? Like, if, if you've got a contender, who's like, okay, we had this guy and now we really feel good? Um, I would personally say Chris Bryant because, like, Freddie Freeman, you do know what you're getting, but he's your first baseman. Like, Chris Bryant's your third baseman, center fielder, left fielder, right fielder, second baseman, first baseman. You can literally play Chris Bryant anywhere, and that's going to matter when we're back to playing 162 games and people are going to get hurt. You can move Chris Bryant around. Does he love it? Not really. He likes to play in a position. He said that, but he can do these things if you need him to. I So I think that added value is more than Freddie Freeman. So, yeah, he's a great first baseman. He's going to hit. He's a great leader. But I think having the ability to move Brian around will help a team immensely. Well, and the big thing with Freddie Freeman, like, yeah, he was a great leader. Well, he was on a team that kept him for how long? For 12 years or whatever it was. Yeah. And all of a sudden he goes to a new team. I mean, yeah, there's still going to be leadership there. But, like, what made Freddie Freeman such a legend was the fact that he spent so much time in Atlanta. I think from a skill perspective, you have to go Brian all day. Yeah, that's a good point, too. Uh, yeah, it was, it, you wonder if all that will translate. There was like an it factor uh, yeah. with Freddie Freeman, and that's why maybe someday they'll retire his jersey. All right, got to take a break. Four o'clock hour coming up. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Back to a lot of football. Deshaun Watson, is he going to end up in Cleveland? And what's the story with the Baker Mayfield post? Was that too soon? Or is it a done Oh, yeah, deal? it's way too soon. We talk all about the NFL. <laughs> we'll talk all about it. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.